Let's go. Hi, I'm Luke Campbell and I work for a small wine company and he's Luke Morris. And I work for a big wine company. And together we're Luke's Talk Wine who talk about all things wine and booze and popular culture. Think when to drink, why to drink and the culture that surrounds drinking. Hello Luke. G'day Campbell, how's it going? Very, very well. I am top dollar. If we were spinning the wheel of fortune, I am top dollar. Uh, and hello to the listening audience. But uh, wow, what a week we've got for you this week. What a week. What a week to be alive and what a week to be talking wine. So this week, uh, episode seven, season two, <laughs> this week's topic is actually gifting your wine. How I need to gift a bottle of wine to insert name, but I don't really know what they drink or what I should get them. That's this week's topic. And a listener question from Mark in Altona. He says, he writes, what has more alcohol, whites or red wine? So we'll get to uh, Mark's listener question later in the uh, episode. But first, and as always, what's been happening in your wine world this week, pal? Um, uh, well, I have um, not been drinking that much because I've been sick. So uh, I've been off everything for a few days. Uh, so my wine world has been a little bit of uh, reflecting, I guess. Yes. I don't know. One thing, work. <laughs> so I do work for a big wine company, but um, I'm a very, very small cog in their, in their wheel. And they've offered us all... Um, not all of it, to do, you know, ret set training? Have, have, yes, you're a sommelier. Have, education have you, are you yep. a sommelier? Are you, are you formally trained sommelier? That's a very good question, actually. Uh, if you're talking about do I have any wet set quals, I do. I studied at wet set, the Wine and Spirits Education Trust in London, which is where you go to um, become a master of wine. I'm a number of hangovers and lots of cash. Of becoming a master of wine, uh, however, I have studied uh, at Wetset. Do I? Did I do? I, I have just passed the um, Association Sommelier International course just recently, actually, um, level one to I be. Thought you, a I thought you said just passed that. it. You just took a lot of multiple choice questions and guessed them all. <laughs> literally, but, uh, I literally sat it uh, a couple of months ago. But prior to that, you know, I'd done probably like you, I've done TAFE courses and things like that. But unlike France or Italy or Germany even, we actually don't have um, a sommelier qualification here. You can do quartermaster sommeliers, which is sommelier the American. qualification um, in Australia? You can't. I mean, William Inglis do a wine waiter, wine kind of thing, but it all it's all going towards... Wet set, as it's referred Everyone to. Everyone who calls CMS himself a sommelier in Australia is a liar. Well, most of them would have done either the wet set qualifications that I've uh, attained, or they will have done a or quartermaster sommelier certificate or something like that. Oh, I've done first aid. Um, yes. I don't call myself a doctor, Campbell. I don't think it's the same well, that's, thing. That's, that's about the that's oh. about, it's, it's like the old adage about um, being a, a barista. If to be a barista, it actually takes seven years in Italy, but no, it doesn't. Gamble, I've, mum, I've seen McDonald's, McDonald's barista people have been trained after 30 minutes. 
Yes, well, there you go. But uh, so not too dissimilar to uh, barista versus the barrister, but uh, the actual true qualification takes some time. Um, but I yes, know. I don't know if that's answered your questions, but you're off to do wet set, are you? Where are you doing wet set at? Here, obviously, you're uh, not obviously trekking off to London like I did. No, I, well, I assume you only you didn't go to London to do wet set. You just did it while you were over there. You no, were, no, you I were in Scotland went, for a while, weren't you? I was. I was in London first studying. Uh, I actually did go to London to study because you couldn't oh. study. You couldn't do those wet set qualifications. I'm talking 20 years ago. You couldn't do them in this country at the time. You had to go to either London, Bordeaux, Paris. You know, somebody somewhere else I could have done them. I think it might have even been Tokyo, but uh, I don't know about how your Japanese is, but it's not as good as uh, – not as I'm nowhere near as good as you, so – uh, and I've got a slight <laughs> suspicion yours is not that good. So you up. I didn't Big go to Japan, I went to London. Yep. <laughs> I've got, I've got uh, so mad... off London I went. Well, see, mm. see, there's your passion for wine. You went bloody to another country to uh, get a qualification. I have, no, I've, I have zero qualifications in wine. I have not studied. I am, uh, I, 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 Planted sticks in the ground. I, I pruned. I, I picked. I plunged. I pumped. I pressed. I packaged. I wound up promoting. And as as sure as the day is long, I also puked a fair bit of wine over my years. But uh, I've never um, passed any preliminary examinations. I was trying to think of another P word there, but I couldn't get across the line in time. I was gonna say, can you get any more P words into that sentence, please? Oh, I was a bit peeved off. Oh, no, I wasn't peeved off. I was just <laughs> I was just told that, you know, I know everyone has to have a qualification. I was like, do I really because 'Cause I'm old and I don't I don't really want to do it. I don't see the point. I got told that and it's not gonna no, teach well, me anything actually, new you, as you well. Know. Well, you never know. I don't, I don't think you're ever too old to stop learning, and you certainly never stop learning about wine. So, you know, anytime any, there's a chance for a uh, free qualification, I'd uh, be, be, be jumping at that. Oh, it all depends then, you know, where and when where and when you're going to be, uh, who's going to be teaching it as well. So that, um, I mean, in, in Australia, we're blessed um, with places like the Sydney Wine Academy and the, the City Wine Shop here in Melbourne. Uh, that have great uh, wet set educators. Uh, so hopefully you're going to one of those venues and uh, you'll get the benefit of the great wet set educations that are there. But uh, mate, you just—I think you just jump at the opportunity to learn. I always have. I, I love it. No, no. I think I—I uh, I feel I have to do it rather than want to do it, which is a, a different motivating force. Well, that's very you know, true. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel I learn more chatting to you, to be honest with you, on a daily, on a, on an, and you know, not even for an hour a week. Then, um, <laughs> it's very I kind of you to say up. so, Luke Morris. But you know, I, I can, you know, we, we can catch up for a longer period of time if you like, and I can talk more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Oh. <laughs> if you want to have more than half an hour with me a week, we can do that. That's so kind. <laughs> Strap yourself in, we can talk for two hours about crap, and then we can even taste some wine. Look out. Hi, this is Luke Morris from Luke's Talk Wine. I've written some books, 
to visit lukemorrishuh.com.au. Go there, see the books, buy one, support the podcast. That's lukemorrishuh.com.au, L-U-K-E-M-O-R-R-I-S-H-A.com.au. Have a great day. Hey, um, this week in my wine world, I came across the, and I get asked this question a lot, oh, hey, geez, uh, what's your name again? Luke, uh, I'm giving this bottle of wine to <laughs> a certain name here, but I don't really know what they're great, the but I really want to thank them. Hang on, what do I go give? back, go back. The opening question you get asked yeah. a lot is, hey, um, is your name Luke? Insert name, I said. So insert name. Oh, so okay. Luke for this instance. So, yeah. um, but I but I really don't know what to look. So where where do you? So and you and I have touched on this: what to buy if we're in a bottle store and why. But this is slightly different. Back in episode, I think it was episode eleven, we touched on <laughs> how and why we buy, why we choose something from the shelf. This is slightly different. Probably if we're gifting a wine to somebody. What should you get? Whether you know them or not, what should you get? What are your thoughts, Luke Morris? Um, my thoughts are to be a, a, a spy, to be very in, um, sneaky, sneaky, um, and try to investigate the person you want to buy the gift for because I very recently have had a scenario where I got asked to send a case of Pinot Noir to someone and I've, I've found a mixed pack of Pinot and we talked about it and said, yeah, that's actually quite a good mixed pack. I'm, I'll be happy to send that to the person. And so we organised it, sent it, and then the person apparently only likes big red Shiraz. Mm. So, like, we sent them a good pack of wine. It's just mm. not anything that they like. <laughs> and how, how do you avoid that? is sort of um, on bin night, go around in their place and see what they're throwing out, empties-wise. <laughs> hunt stick, through their bins? Yeah, hunt through their bins. <laughs> maybe pay someone who's no, – no, not pay someone. Yeah, well, maybe pay someone who looks a little bit down in their luck. Um, you know, it's just well, if you want to do some good. Uh, or you can um, – uh, dress for the occasion and wear a you know straw hat and a trench coat and just so it looks a little bit inconspicuous and uh, or because otherwise you just ask them blank. I think I did have somebody else say that yeah. they they asked the question. Oh no, they led. They didn't. I wanted to know if the person drank wine before buying them anything, and they said. Oh, during lockdown, Dan Murphy's got a bit of trade out of me. And the other person said, oh, me too. And then they're like, aha, they do dabble. <laughs> and just sort of felt, felt them out verbally, not physically, because you need consent to do that. <laughs> verbally, you can just have a go at anyone. That's freedom of speech. Anyway, um, try, and, try and do a little bit of investigating. And then Fair you'll enough. have a happier person i think yeah happy no, happier receiver yeah, so, t- yeah happier recipient so tip tip one investigation so then then you move on to kind of what what, what are your options so you know you've got like 
the everyone's the everyone's kind of popular vino. You've got the kind of quirky vino, which you would go, you would go with something off the wall, kind of something different. Only because I know you like to expand people's horizons. Other people uh, might I, go with something that looks good. Yeah, I think I used to. I used to try and expand people's horizons, but then I realised that not everybody likes to get in an aeroplane. Like some people just like the meat and free veg, and they're really happy with meat yes. and free veg. So just yep. Um, I, 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 some people do go for looks, and that's a big thing. Um, it's really strange because with booze, you can Google it and find out how much someone's spent on you. I suppose you could do yeah, that with everything these days. It's just rude to do it. Yeah, you you, you could, I, I guess. Like, um, yeah, for some reason, there's an insa- insatiable urge to um, quantify self worth. I guess so. People are googling what it's worth, but that that aside, so you know, looks are important. So the, if the packaging's a winner, or if it's in a lovely presented box rather than a dusty old bag or something. Um, and you, you mentioned you used to try and expand people's horizons. Like I always like to give a gift, and it's the same if I'm purchasing something or taking it to a dinner party. Something a little bit, something that's got a story behind it, uh, yeah. a story that can be conveyed. If you're not there to see the recipient's face, then you just want to might go something simple, you know, like a, a crowd pleaser. Um, yeah, if yeah, you're not so, going to bask in the glory of the gift, you might as well just give them something boring. <laughs> That's exactly right. So straight up and down, just Shiraz. I think Pino's kind of... You strike me as the type of person, Campbell. You, you strike me as the type of person who's going to... I'll bring go, them listen. a bottle of wine and I'll bring them a bottle of Semyon and I'll expect them to open it while I'm here. And I'm going to have some. Well, I do like to bask in the glory of a gift that's been given. <laughs> that's a yes. <laughs> I must admit, uh, uh, yes, uh, you know, maybe I do, maybe I don't. <laughs> but thank no, you very do you, much. Was, you, can make, you can make your own judgment. Do you know what's more fun than that? I used to do this until um, I, I don't know what happened. I guess, I guess it's, you could call it a falling out, though I didn't know what happened. Um I'd buy people gifts with the intention that I'd no. If I received a bottle of wine from someone, I'd I'd open it when they came back to visit, sort of thing. Yep, absolutely. does that make sense? It's like, hey, you got me this for my birthday two years ago. Let's try and see what it's like yep. now. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that. I often write. If somebody gives me a gift of wine. I often write, uh, you know, on the back label or whatever, what the gift, who the gift was from. Uh, yeah, and nice. so when you do draw it out of the cellar, you think, oh, yeah, I might share that with Luke Morris or whatever. It's a, it's a lovely gesture and it makes for some of the best stories as well. Like It, it really does. Yeah. And that's nice. That's a nice little follow-up yeah. if you like uh, you know, take a photograph of it and say, hey, Megan and Sue, thanks for this two years ago. I'm drinking it now. I wish you were here sort of stuff, even if they're you know, in Kuala Lumpur or something now and you can't share it you can at yes. least well yeah you, know, you can share the, the, the memory i think that's a really really nice touch well you, so your tip is hunt through people's bins and find out what they really like before you go that step further my yeah. step my tip is <laughs> you don't like that find out uh, you, you need another I, tip i do like that i do like, <laughs> I do like it 
after you hunt through their bins and find out what they really like, yeah. if they like, say they like Shiraz and they're happily drinking their Yarra Valley Shiraz or, you know, Tasmanian are they, Shiraz. Are they really happily drinking Yarra Valley Shiraz? Is anybody happily drinking Yarra Valley Shiraz? Well, if they are, I would then find that variety's homeland, i.e. the Rhone Valley, and I would buy them a gift oh. from the Rhone Valley. You know, I'd buy them a gift of from the wine of its homeland, whether it be Sangiovese from the King Valley, I'd buy them a Chianti. Or if they really love Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand, I'd buy them a Sancerre from the Loire or whatever. And just with a little note, say, no, you love Savvy, try it from its homeland. Just something simple like that. Uh, that's my tip on giving the gift of wine equitably uh, and with a little bit of fun attached as well. So if you're not arrested by the time you're hunting through somebody's bins, that's my tip for you as well. That is, um, that is a nice, that's a level up sort of thing because that's, I guess that's, uh, level that's the idea of a gift. Is, no, no, you, haven't, you haven't set the bar that high. Level, level up from hunting in their bins is just breaking into their house. Let's be realistic <laughs> about it. Fair um, stalking them as they go to the shop. Just That's too far. But no, level up in terms of um, a gift is something that, someone wouldn't buy for themselves like you said if they're drinking uh yarra valley shiraz what's just above the yarra valley shiraz practically anything but just above yarra valley shiraz have you though have you but yeah, that's a, that's a great little way to look at it in, in terms of take you know if they love drinking sparkling wine, maybe on their birthday they get champagne, or whenever they yes whenever you value them, you don't have to wait for someone's birthday to say you love them. You can say it any t- day of the week, Campbell. Any any day of the week, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we've espoused a couple of great tips there. Even if I do say so myself, found out something um, new about you. That we sort of suspected all along. You suspected all along. The, the listeners might know otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> a joint, joint, joint celebrator, I like to say. Oh, right. It's not just your birthday. It's my chance to dry this wine. Here we go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> hey, we've got, a, we've got a couple of listener questions this week. We've got one uh, which is coming at us shortly. But if people want to get in touch with us, Luke Morris, how can they do that here on Luke's Talk Wine? Uh, you can write a letter on an envelope and you just uh, uh, put, put it on a piece of paper and put it in an envelope and you put that uh, on top of that, you put Luke's Talk Wine. And then without a postage stamp or any other information, just hand that to the nearest person in the street and we'll probably get it because we're that popular. Or you can email us, lukestalkwine at gmail.com. And people are doing that wide and widely and aboundly and i have a um i have so many letters there is actually as i rustle through my paper here there is a listener question and the listener question is uh from gentleman in our toner i've temporarily lost his name but he's here and he writes what has more alcohol white wines or red wines during the week we got another question and you were like i don't you were a bit afraid to it seemed to bring it up. 
are you going to address that next week, or are we? I'm going. To, we we did actually get the the second question that came in this week was about a particular region, which we will address yeah. uh, in the coming oh, we weeks will? of Luke Talk Racing. Yes, we will absolutely. Okay, did good. I just say Luke was... Talk Racing. I meant Luke's Talk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's telling it like it is Wednesday here. Yeah, um, that's it. <laughs> uh, good, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to bypass that question altogether because basically yeah. neither of us know anything about the region but i just love the idea of discussing why that is uh yep. no it's we, will, unique, we will touch on that very subject topic. you know I used, to live, I used to live in that particular region which was a story for next week and the, the listeners have no idea what we're talking about i know <laughs> but i want to keep that way you know next week in next week's we're program game, we're gaming in the podcast you're going to be you know incentivized to listen to next week and find out what the mystery is Let's strap yourself uh, in but this week's question is yeah. red and white which has more alcohol uh lay it on me brother morris what have you got well, it depends on what you do to the wine, but in theory, in, theory, in um, general terms, the white wine has less alcohol. Uh, that's because it sees less time in the vine. It, oh, you actually because you're chasing a little bit of acids usually, uh, I think. And it's, um, yeah, less time in the vine, less sugars in the grape. Sugar converts into alcohol and therefore... There, I mean, and they also have skins come into it as well. I mean, there are a great deal of very variables, obviously, ripeness alcohol, that come into alcohol content, climate yep. are a factor, weather conditions on that particular vintage. But the, the biggest variable to alcohol content is actually when the grapes are picked and yep. what um, it's referred to as BOME, B-A-U-M-E. Uh, mm -hmm. They measure it. What's... Um, they measure it in bricks, don't they? Sugar content, which is once it's picked at whatever BOME is, they measure it in bricks, B-R-I-X, which is the actual natural um, sugar prior to it's being converted into alcohol. Yeah, but nothing there like is, house bricks, completely different thing. Completely different. The riper the grapes, the higher the sugar content, the more sugar there is for the yeast to convert into alcohol, into fermentation. It is... Red wine grapes tend to be harvested later, but then you have late ripening grape varieties, you know, and then you have thick skin grape varieties like Viognier, for instance, and, and these take a lot longer and they can be heavier in alcohol. But it's a really great question, uh, was it Chris and Altona raised? Because a lot of people just automatically think that red wines have more alcohol than white wines. It's not always, it's not entirely no. true. Um but it's definitely the amount of sugar in the grapes naturally and when they are harvested that uh, um, is the probably forebearer of that. For one of and, and look, we, 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 we have shared a uh, fortified Chardonnay. If you, if you put brandy in anything, you're going to increase the alcohol. There's other things that can happen to a wine, but yeah. If you, if, well, like, you know, Amarone, for instance, can be 15% alcohol but like then you can get sweet sparklings what's that um, italian sparkling served at christmas time it's um asti uh, yeah mascara di asti like that can be you know five percent alcohol can be lower than a beer in some cases so but that because they're balancing um, the sugar to the acid so you don't really see the acid that's exactly right so yeah you don't see the acid because of the actual sugar content so it's a, it's a good um 
you know, it, it's a it's a probably good thing to to note. And, and how much alcohol in this day and age we have to kind of be conscious of what type of alcohols we're taking in and and how much with the drink drive rules and whatnot. But your your average um on your average white to red wine, what is it, about 12% alcoholic volume, Luke? How much, like, on average? Uh, on average, I suppose, a white wine, yeah, it's about 12 and a half, and a red wine, somewhere around 13 and a half. Um, yeah. And, you, yeah, you'd give yourself a, deg- a degree, a percentage either side. So you, your reasonings can be around 11, 11 and a half. Some of your Chardonnays can be about 13 and a half. Pinot's can be about 12 and a half. Shiraz, 14 and a half. Yeah. Something like that. I remember what I was going to yeah. mention, Campbell. Oh, it's come flying um, back. Yeah, it has. Balance. Yeah. People get caught up on alcohol in wine, and for obvious reasons. Um, but what producers, what, what winemakers, in theory, are chasing is balance. Um, and there's a great term in um, wine tasting, something I, I really like hearing is... I really like hearing says, and it, I really like tasting. <laughs> is um, when a wine uh, what, holds its alcohol really well or, or yep. that's when something you might think could be quite alcoholic, maybe like a... Let's, let's throw a ridiculous example out there and say a 14% alcohol Chardonnay. But Alcohol has a distinctive aromatic. It's it's very um, it hits the nose and you can feel the heat. But through the wine making process, if you're not noticing that, and all you're noticing is is the flute and and, and the actual wine, the, the the Chardonnay grape varietal itself, and not the alcohol, then that's a wine that holds its alcohol very well. Yeah, and. Again, why we're talking about acids and, and, and then the balance of the wine beforehand is because you don't want it to show too much acid and, and be out of balance and have – you want it to be sort of, um, uh, I don't know, a song, the whole thing in, in tune. And as soon as one thing's out of tune or another, then you start worrying about, well, has this been wiped been on the vine for too long and it's got too much alcohol and it's out of balance and therefore it's bad wine making or it was a pick too early and it's too astringent and it's there for bad viticulture or something and for, for me when i'm tasting a wine and i'm searching for that balance yeah. and it doesn't happen in every glass you have as you will know and so a lot of the listeners when it does happen to me the wine whether it be a white wine or an or, or a red wine or, or a port for that matter it, it just rolls down your palate like a rolling wave and, and everything is in check as you say a song is a great analogy there's no high notes there's no low notes it's just purely rolling down like a wave and it's a it, it is a beautiful thing and that for me is how i taste balance some of you listeners out there will just you know love guzzling wine at an alarming rate but you may not have found how to taste balance. For me, that's how Plus, I taste balance. Some people like Squillix, mate. Every one <laughs> person's song isn't the other person's opera. But I think I think I'm with you in terms of having a wine that has that 
the, the, the thing is in check. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have another way of describing it. It's a, it's a very tactile thing. It's harder to explain in words. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Tactile, I, I think... central, tactile is hands. Put your hands yeah. inside the glass and see what it feels like. <laughs> if it feels it's in balance, then it probably is. <laughs> But something, if a wine is unbalanced, something will, you know, stick out like a sharp pin up the nose. It'll be a, you know, it'll either be acid, it'll either be tannins. It it, it might even be fruit on the nose initially. Something will stick out. Um, but I think, you know, back to the question, the, the overall answer oh, yeah. on the question there is that red wines generally have more have more alcohol in them than white wines. But... It's getting closer to closer, closer and closer. Regardless of your, um, you, you know, re- regardless of what you're drinking or where you're drinking, you know, I guess in Australia particularly, we have to be mindful of a, a, a standard drink and you, your standard drinks and the alcohol that you do drink come in all different shapes and, and forms moreover. If you're drinking bourbon, obviously you can have a lot less of it. But in Australia, a standard drink of wine, we're talking about wine here on Luke's Talk Wine, a standard drink is a lot less than what you think of it because of the alcohol. So 100 mils of wine at 13% is exactly one standard drink. Um, so just, just, I guess, be mindful of that when you're looking at alcohol levels. Uh, and was it Chris from Altona who sent a question in there? He's thinking about you know the whys and the have-nots about alcohol level, and it's probably got something more to do with you know standard drinks and how many drinks I can have at, at Lorraine's before I leave to go and watch the footy with my mates. Well, the answer is you can have one glass of wine um, with Lorraine before you go to watch the footy. Uh, with your mates and mm-hmm. after that you just put the keys to the car away um, and you know beyond that if you're thinking about what I should be drinking and how much you know what's safe to drink uh, and as I went down my rabbit hole uh, late yesterday when I was doing a little bit of further research for Luke's Talk Wine was that on average you should keep your standard drinks per week under 10 Luke Morris so that's something to keep in mind for uh, whether those of us are in the industry or those aren't. You want to keep your standard drinks a week uh, for in healthy men and women under ten standard drinks a week. That's no. That can means you, no more than four standard drinks on any one day. Can you have all that ten in one day though? But no more than four in one day. Well, that that would be classified as binge drinking, and that would heighten your risk of harm. So we don't encourage binge drinking here on Luke's Talk Wine or Luke's Talk Oh, the Talk man Wisdom. who's always guzzling things at an alarming rate doesn't want anyone to binge drink. I'm, oh, I'm guzzling them at an alarming rate responsibly, oh. Luke Morris. Thank you. You're having thimblefuls at a time. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm not talking about how much I'm just or, – or when I'm drinking uh, or what time I'm drinking. I'm just doing it responsibly, as should you, Luke Morris. I should, shouldn't I? Um, hey, I know you've been off the drink because this week uh, you've been. I just wanted a to, bit... yeah, yes. I just wanted to to go back on something you said, which is which is true, but I just wanted to follow up because you said the which is true that uh, uh, one standard drink of wine is a hundred mils in Australia, yep. um, and that's hundred mils of based wine. on on an average around thirteen percent alcohol. Yep. 
it's worth pointing out that that's not a standard serve. An average yeah. serve is about 150 mils. So you're getting more than one and a half standard drinks per average serve when you go to yes. a, a restaurant or somewhere. That, that is just a great so, point to quantify just so, because just so um, people a lot know. of people wouldn't realise that. Yeah. Hmm. You were tidying us up. You were ending the show. What, what were you going to say? I was wrapping things up, actually, because I know you've been off the plonk because you've been ill in the last few days. Uh, you've also been uh, busily hopping across borders back yep. to Victoria. And so you've probably been off the drink. Am I right in assuming that? Or have you been taking medicinal glasses of port <laughs> to get you back on the straight and narrow? Oh, medicinal glass of port doesn't sound too bad. But no, I can't oh. remember the last time I... I, I had a snifter of anything. What have you been? Really? What have you been finishing off, Campbell? Uh, what have I been finishing off? You know, it's been a little bit of a uh, slow. It has been a little bit of a slow week for me. It's I either had... Chardonnay or Patton Hat. Come on out with it. <laughs> well, I did have a number of glasses of Chardonnay over the weekend. I must admit. But did what really struck me? Hey, um, hey did, did have we have we talked since I had Chardonnay that was a pet nat? No, I don't think we have. Do tell. Oh, okay. That was the last thing I had over in Adelaide then. Um, <laughs> a pet nat that must Chardonnay. Have been on, yeah, that must have been on Wednesday last week, I think. Um, so you left the churchyard and you ducked into the uh, the Exeter and you had a Chardonnay pet nat off the tap, did you? No, no, no. I went to um, uh, ran and caught up with my friend who had a show at the Fringe, and it's that's over. Um, it was all good. Fringe is good, and we went to um, there's a that's what we call it a natural wine bar because I can't even remember what it's called. I think it's Hellbound, Lobo or something like that. No, not Lo- Hellbound. Yeah. Um, it's around the corner from Hellbound. Um, it just looks like a cafe. But it's just serves wine, natural wines. Um, bit of an. It seems a bit odd sometimes when I'm there because it's all you know natural wine, hippie vibey. But yeah. that's fine. They're all they're all nice people. It's just a that setup if you if you know what I mean. Yep. I but know anyway, exactly what you mean. really nice. Very light fizz um, on the um, Chardonnay pet nat, but. Well, what, what was it? Don't hold back. Can you remember, or were you nah. too, were you too nah, socially excited to remember? No, no, no. I was, well, I was. I don't think I was very socially. No, I was socially excited because I was in good company. But we were just sort of. I just said, I think I know where I can get a pet nat. I've heard so much about it from Luke Campbell. <laughs> Let's go in here, and uh, we had one, and it was good. Good on you, mate. Well, yeah, your, your horizons are expanding. I love hearing it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and you're going to ask me, what about me? Is that what you're going to ask yeah. me? Um, yeah. After, I, I asked you, then I interrupted you. So let's, you did, yes. let's go back to you again. <laughs> back to me again. I have. I, I did have a few Chardonnays over the weekend. I uh, didn't have a Chardonnay pet nat. But I actually I had a little bit of a Anjou Blanc, would you believe it? So Loire Valley Chenin Blanc uh, from the town of Anjou. Uh, I can't remember the producer's name, but, yeah, lovely, just gnashy pear and a real bite of acid, just a little bit of chalkiness going on. 
Um, it's not on our site actually because it was just um, a, a fleeting moment that I shared with friends and it was delicious. But uh, look out for your Chenin Blancs. I think um, very, very underrated. I've spoken about them before on Luke's Talk Wine. Um, I just think it's it's underrated. And in 2022, it's one of those varieties that's going to soar like eagles, I think, uh, Luke Morris. People will be drinking more Chenin Blanc, whether it's from the Loire or whether it's from New Zealand or WA. People just need more Chenin Blanc in their life, I think. What have we got? I was going to say there's the big three. Is there a big four? You might say there's a big five. Chardonnay, Riesling, Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon, Semillon, Semillon Blanc. <laughs> Semillon. What else is there? Ah, <laughs> uh, you're have... missing kind of the favourite of many, and many of our listeners will love it as well, which is uh, Pinot Grigio. Ah, oh, Pinot Gris. Pinot Gris, Pinot Grigio, absolutely. How could I forget? I think you probably, no. think you probably nailed it. If you, if if you, what do you reckon? If you drank, if you were having any of those big five, which which yep. one of those is closest to Chenin Blanc? Chardonnay. Chardonnay. So if you love Chardonnay, but you want to try something that's not Chardonnay because you know you're interested in the world and you like new things, ask to try Chenin Blanc to be your go-to. Definitely beautiful. Come here for the tips. Stay for the Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for listening and thanks so much for tuning in to Luke's Talk Wine. I've been Luke Campbell and you can find me on the gram at vinified underscore wine underscore services. This has been Luke's Talk Wine and thank you very much, Luke Morris. And in the great words of Tony Barber, Keep smiling and bye for now. Vinified are the wine cellar's specialists. We're Australia's only personal sommelier service. Our sommeliers work with you to build your cellar. Our aim is to bring you the wines from the freshest new producers, all based on your tastes. We can come to you, source your wines, present tastings. Think of Vinified as your wine concierge. We can do retail, we can do tastings, We can host your dinner parties or we can procure you that rare wine. Vinified is proud to be associated with Luke's Talk Wine. www.vinified.com.au